Reading Eggs is a multi-award-winning learning program that helps children learn to read. Based on scientific research and designed by literacy experts with 30 years experience, it's proven to help kids learn to read using interactive reading games, guided reading lessons, fun activities, and over 2,000 digital storybooks. Reading Eggs has already helped over 10 million children worldwide. Programs for ages 2 through 13 use the five essential keys to reading success. The program unlocks all aspects of learning to read for your child. With no credit card requirements, visit readingeggs.com forward slash media for more information. That's readingeggs.com forward slash media. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. This is episode 371 and today our topic is NCAA sports. Can I just say, oh my word. Well, if you have an athlete who is a star um, and wants to play high school or college sports, you need to become familiar with the NCAA. So uh, hold on, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I want to thank our sponsor, and that is Reading Eggs. You can find out more information at readingeggs.com forward slash media, and there you will find more information. Uh, our sponsors keep us on the air for free, so please check them out. Let them know where you heard about them on the Vintage Homeschool Moms podcast and uh, let them know. I also want to ask that you share this podcast with a friend, give us a star rating on any of the podcast apps, and also visit the website because I will have the important information and show notes there, as well as some of the links that I'm going to be referring to. Well, like I said, if you have a star athlete, like I did, I actually had three of them uh, that played and needed uh, to know about the NCAA. And so it is an organization um, that basically is uh, sort of like a legal entity that kids keeps kids qualified to play amateur sports. So if kids are playing in a local league like, you know, um, the, what used to be Little League, you know, when they're littler, they obviously don't need a number. But if they're in a senior league or on a travel sports team or in tournaments, then they are going to need this number. And so, uh, you know, you may already be familiar with it, but one of the things we learned pretty much the hard way was that if your kids are going to be playing at an upper level in college, then they need to have information filled out, especially if they are homeschooled. If your kids go to a private or a public school, then they would be giving the NCAA that information. But if you have your own account and you log in, you'd be able to check to make sure that that information is there and that information is correct. Uh, 
You know, there's so much to know about an, an athlete competing beyond rec teams. Um, when my kids got to high school, we were blessed uh, that in Florida, thanks to a tireless homeschool mom, she was able to get a law enacted that allowed for homeschoolers to play on high school teams, especially in the public schools. What we found out in our area anyway um, was that it was going to be really difficult to do in the public sector. So we looked at some of the Christian schools, and I did ask around, and I finally found one that, um, as we say, was homeschool friendly. Not all schools are open to homeschoolers, even though um, by law the public schools are supposed to allow homeschoolers to play. And depending on how good your child is, that is really um, what's going to help. And so, uh, you know, it's it's not fair. It isn't, um, you know, something that is fun for the kids if they're just going to sit and be bench warmers. And so that was one of the reasons we opted for a smaller Christian school, because my kids really wanted to play. And so, um, you know, we found out something early on, and that is if your kids are diligent, polite, have good sportsmanship, and are generally helpful, coaches are going to like them. One of the things I always um, ask my children to do is at the end of every practice, help pick up and then go to your coach, shake their hand, and say, thank you so much for practice, you know, or thank you so much, coach. You don't have to get into specifics. And I remember one of the coaches coming up to me and said in his career span of 15 years of coaching, he had never had anybody go up and thank him afterwards. So again, that is going to, you know, set the tone of your homeschool child uh, to be around um, coaches and other players, and they really need to set a good example. Our kids were easily accepted into the team, and the coaches were wonderful for the most part. In fact, one of my sons who played for this particular school here in town has been an assistant coach since his graduation. And, you know, the boys now look up to him. The parents are always telling me how much their uh, kids love my son. And, you know, he was in their position at one time. He played for that team. He knows what it what it takes to do a good job. And so, you know, he's really fun to be around. So check out your state and local schools to learn more about the rules for playing. And there are a lot of rules. For example, for our kids to play on the high school level, we had to have papers signed and notarized each year. And they were, um, they would tell us where to download them from. Um, a website that was, um, you know, like a government website, and we had to download these forms, and we had to submit them to the schools. We even had to go to the school board and have an affidavit signed that said that our kids were homeschooling every year so that we were under the right category. So um, we also had to sign uh, forms that had our kids' um, GPA and the classes that they were taking and who was teaching them. That was a lot of work, but in the long run, it was really worth it for our family. There was also a fee involved um, for the school, for the kids to play. Um, we actually had to pay a general sports fee, and then 
each different sports was a, a different dollar amount. So if your kids wanted to play football or soccer or basketball or baseball, each one of those would be an add-on charge. And we just opted to play one sport. There were some homeschoolers that played more than a sport. My son tried that one year. Um, he was really well, did really well at pitching, but they wanted him to play football. And he's not that big of a of a guy, you know. He's he's slight built. Um, he's tall, but he wasn't, you know, super tall. So he ended up um, being out there. I'm like so horrible with football, but whenever the kicker was out there, that's you know when he was out there. So he wasn't there when they were tackling and things like that. Uh, so that was good. But he only lasted in football one year. He really didn't like it. His sport was baseball. So. Um, my daughter played softball at the same school, and she did really, really well. So again, if you go to ncaa.org, you will find the information there about how to sign up for an account as a student and how to get an ncaa.org uh, number. So each kid that plays um, for an NCAA-related uh sport as well as related conference. So if they're playing um, in a tournament, usually the coaches will tell you about this and tell you to sign up. But there are some things that they don't tell you that are really, really important. When you are considering playing um, on a collegiate level, you really need to consider this information. And I have a bunch of links on the show notes. Again, that's episode 371, NCAA Sports, and it's on vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. So I have some stats on there as well, like what are the odds of playing um, athletics um, after high school? Uh, and it's really interesting. It says boys playing in high school. Basketball, it's 17 to 1 to play in college. Baseball, 9 to 1. Football, 12 to 1, and soccer, 13 to 1. So you really need to have kids that are enthusiastic about playing and practicing. Now, we've met lots of kids through the years that were fabulous players, but they only played because their parents wanted them to play. In fact, I was shocked at how many of the girls on my daughter's softball team did not play college sports. My daughter has played sports for four years in college. And she and my son are currently at in a uh, D1 level school. So um, one of the things that sports does do is it translates into scholarships. So they were both offered academic scholarships, and my son um, was offered a sports scholarship. My daughter got one early on. Uh, she went to a junior college and played there under a sports scholarship. So again, it depends on your child. Uh, she transferred to another school under an academic scholarship. Uh, so again, it depends on you know what schools have the majors that your kids want, as well as um, the sports that they're uh, they're going to want to play. So I have a list. If you know me by now, I have lists right of things that you need to know. So for high school and college, what do you need to know? Number one, keep a good GPA, typically 3.2 or higher. Number two, show up. I know that sounds dumb, but if you do not show up for practice, you are not going to get to play, and I have known of kids who have gotten kicked off the team for not going to practice. Number three, perform well. Doesn't necessarily mean that 
you're hitting the ball well every single time or whatever that is. But if you're outfield as a baseball player and you cannot catch a fly ball, you're probably not going to get a lot of playing time. So these are things, you know, what my kids call the fundamentals, you know, be able to to do whatever the fundamentals are for that sport if you want to play. The fourth is daily practice or workout on your own. Now, my kids had a regimen even this summer when they were home. Uh, they went to the gym every other day or whatever their schedule was. When they weren't going to the gym, they were out back hitting balls, fielding balls. Um, they were running. They had this entire regiment because they are the epitome of student athletes, which explains why they're both playing D1, which is the highest level of ball you can play on the college level. So if your kids aren't super motivated to do that, you know, it's it's really difficult Um, to make them do this stuff. And then the last is to eat well and to rest well. Um, I have a youngest son who absolutely loves sugary treats. And so um, I remember one time one of our friends who is an athlete himself and he's had football coach. um, In fact, it's Andrew Layton who has a podcast Um, on another network that I host. In fact, I'll put the link there. Um, But he was talking about how important your body is and and how important it is to eat well uh, so that you can, um, you know, really be at the top of your game. So what are some things about the recruiting process that are important? Well, first of all, you have to have an NCAA sign-up and website. Um, It's free. There's a list of important things that you need to know before you do this. Um, So what happened with us is um, I I was aware of the form, I mean, the the, uh, website, um, because when my kids had evaluations each year by a really knowledgeable homeschool mom whose sons were playing uh, D1 sports in college, she said to me, you have got to get this website and get it going. Well, I did not pay attention to her. And so this is where the, the first major issue was because they wanted a ton of stuff. So one of the things they wanted was a homeschool transcript, which you have to have by the end of the year. So obviously, if your child's in his first year of high school, he's not going to have that completed, but he is going to have one in the works. So if you don't know how to do a transcript, go check out the podcast, the Homeschool High School podcast uh, with Vicki Tillman and her crew, and they have talked about that many times. If I remember, I'll try to put that link in here too. The second thing is um, you have to know about banned drugs and sports wagering and what it is to be eligible. So there's a form that you'll have to look at and sign. Then here's what got us, the core course worksheets. So for those of you that are homeschool mommies, how many of us have this whole entire worksheet filled out of what the kids learned each year, what our goals and objectives were, and information like that? When you have to recreate all four years, it is a nightmare, let me tell you. If you are doing this every year and you have those worksheets printed out, um, your child's first year of high school and even junior high, because sometimes my kids um, would take classes in middle school that counted for for high school. And so if you have those worksheets and you know what is expected, you can start filling them out and you will be so happy. Um, You can do it on your computer and save it as a PDF and then you upload it. Um, 
The fourth is the homeschool administrator's accordance statement. So you have to sign something saying that, yes, you are the teacher of that child. And so even if your child does dual enrollment, they are still homeschooled. And uh, unless they went to a different school or a public school or, or a private school, and then you wouldn't be doing this for that period of time. But any time that you homeschooled your child, you would have to have that signed. The fifth is eventually you need an official transcript. The sixth is official SAT or ACT scores. Now, those are the only two uh, test scores that are acceptable. I know that there's another um, test out there if you go to College Prep Genius. Uh, we talk about that on some of the episodes, um, that there is another uh, standardized test that some homeschool kids prefer to take. But these are the only two that are accepted at this time. You may want to contact them um, if your child is taking something else. But that's important, so they need to have those scores. The seventh is final amateurish certification. So did your kids play for pay? Now, there are some travel teams where the kids actually get paid, and this is not if they have, um, you know, uniforms that are given to them or travel expense and things like that. That doesn't count. My daughter played on a softball World Series team two years in a row, and so they paid for their flight to get there. They paid for their hotel. They paid for food. Um, they got free bats and jackets and things like that, but they were not given money to play. So she's still an amateur. Make sure that your kids are never given money to play because then they are no longer amateurs and do not qualify. The eighth point is the NCAA date and reports. You need to look at that. And then they also want a form that is signed that says what year did ninth grade start? So you need that. And then at the end, they will do what's called a high school review. Now, you can actually call the NCAA if you have any questions once you start the review process. Um, I know people who have done that. We were blessed uh, to have people before us that did this. And I really wanted to do this episode because I found that going back and recreating was a nightmare. And if I had been doing this and had paid attention, uh, truthfully, I didn't think that my kids would play college sports. Uh, they've gone on to surprise even me. I knew they were talented. But playing college sports takes a lot of dedication and perseverance. Just to give you an idea, my daughter's softball freshman year, they started out with something like uh, 15 or 20 girls. And by the time they got their grades, because they have to qualify every year with grades to be able to play, when it went to their spring year, you know, when they actually play tournaments, uh, I want to say like seven or eight girls were off the team because they didn't make the grades. So, um, you know, sometimes when I look at these rosters, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's 20-something kids. How are you ever going to get to play? And my kids just shrug their shoulders and say, let's see if these kids have the grades because they've been in, the, in uh, you know, playing long enough. I, my daughter's now a senior and my son is a sophomore. So they've played enough to know um, how important it is to keep their grades up. And especially for scholarships, you have to have your grades up. One of the most frustrating things is the recruiting process. And this is not about recruiting, but I just wanted to share these things with you because it is very, very important. The first is coaches that recruit from schools, um, you have to be really, really careful that these recruiters 
are from colleges where your kid's um, major is going to be. So my son got all of these amazing offers, but when he looked at what the academics were for the school, they didn't have his major. So as I always say, you know, most of the time your major is going to change, but he was really interested in the field of engineering, which really narrowed down his options. The second is to have... um, you know, realistic goals. Now, there was a school that I absolutely loved uh, that was in Atlanta, and my son had enough dual enrollment credits to actually have a two-year degree. But they said, don't get a two-year degree because colleges don't want that, and you'll disqualify yourself uh, from a scholarship. So this school that I really wanted him to go to was going to require him to go to a summer school in Atlanta at a junior college in order to take one class so that all of his credits would then transfer to this other school where they were going to give him a four-year scholarship. And so we ended up not doing that because, well, by the time with the scholarship even that they were offering, um, a lot of times with sports, the money is not enough to cover the full scholarship, and it was a very, very expensive school. Um, So that wasn't an option for us, and it wasn't an option to, to move to Atlanta when I live in Florida and get a, you know, an apartment or even, you know, extended stay hotel and do that. It was just, it wasn't gonna work out. So that was an unrealistic goal for us. The third is the coach's interest may not be a guarantee of an offer. You know, these kids are um, filled with, you know, this vision of, of uh, you know, from these coaches. And sometimes these coaches even get the kids' cell phone numbers, you know, especially if they're playing at tournaments. And um, you have to temper that with your kids and say, okay, we just really need to see something in writing. Um, my son got some offers. And before we would go anywhere, and we ended up flying uh, to different places. I did this with my daughter as well. We had to have something in writing, or at least I had to have talked to the coach and asked pertinent questions. I was the one who always ended up going. My husband says I'm the better negotiator than he is. And so we found that sometimes the verbal offers changed by the time it got to the contract. So make sure that those things align. If not, you know, talk to the coach about it. The last thing is, you know, sometimes the contract changes even when you have it in writing. Now, we found out this. um, One of the schools that my son had an offer for a four-year academic scholarship, well, that school ran out of money. Now, I've never heard of that before, but um, it was shocking to my son, and the coach thankfully wanted him uh, because he already had committed to go to the school because we had a contract in hand. And uh, turned out that um, they came up with baseball money, plus he did get a smaller um, academic scholarship, so it all worked out. But, you know, it was kind of a nightmare there off and on for, you know, several months because he had already turned down offers to go to other schools. And the last thing is, um, you know, look at alternative scholarships. You can go to websites where your child will be going and look at different scholarships your child can get. Sometimes it's filling out of um, some kind of essay or uh, one school we were going to, my son's GPA was high enough that they were going to have him come. And just if you came to this uh, scholarship event, they would fly him up. I would have to pay my own way. Um, But 
just showing up, they would give you $14,000. And of course, the full ride was something like sixty-five. But we already knew that we couldn't commit to the school because we were not willing to pay the balance of that um, if he didn't get the you know full scholarship. So friends, that's it. Um, again, I have links to all of that pertinent information. Plus, I have the PDF that you will need to fill out that has um, all of the information uh, for those of you that homeschool that are interested in playing um, NCAA sports. Even if your child um, has gone to, like, a, like mine did, they went to a junior college. Um, actually, it was a state college here in town. And they had transcripts from that. We still had to submit those. If you have, um, you know, your kids are going to a regular school, quote unquote, you still need to make sure that that information is correct. Uh, And in order to play tournament, they have to have that NCAA number. So again, you can find the show notes for today's episode. Uh, Go to VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, look for episode 371, and look for NCAA Sports. Thanks to our sponsor, Reading Eggs. Check out more at ReadingEggs.com forward slash media. They have a great landing page uh, for our listeners. Take care, everybody. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.